oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. and our Wednesday night refreshing service. Those of you that are here and those of you that are watching this online, we're excited about what God is doing for he is up to something good. Yeah. Heavenly Father, Thank you, Jesus. we give you thanks and praise. Lord, we declare that you are good and you are greatly to be praised. And Lord, we expect great things to be done in us, through us, and yeah. to us tonight as we meet with you and fellowship with you. And Lord, we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Saturday was silent. Surely it was through. Since when it's impossible, here you. Friday's disappointment. It's Sunday's empty too. Impossible, here stop you. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the brain. 
worship tonight. presence here right now. Thank you for being with us and setting us a table before our enemies. We're focused on you, your goodness, your grace, and your glory. And Lord, we thank you for speaking to us. 
manaha uru sehia ba te he he sehia na ono ho uru ho sehia na he 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 me hia na e te sehia da uru sehia. Oh, I'm doing a new thing in the earth. I'm filling my people with a new and fresh anointing and fresh oil. The oil of joy. The oil that causes my glory to flow. Receive the oil as it flows down your head, down your neck, and all throughout you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We receive it now. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Hallelujah. What a good job they do. And we are glad that you're here tonight. Hallelujah. You're here to receive fresh insight and illumination. To get some secrets from God. One of his secrets can put you over. Hallelujah. Well, tonight, those of you that know, you can give any time during the service. And if you're watching this, you can certainly give and invest into the kingdom of God. You can go to our website and do that. Those of you that are here, you can give any time during the service. And Father, right now, I give you thanks and praise for the gifts and the givers. I pronounce a blessing on them that makes them rich, that protects them from loss, that prospers them no matter what the economy says, and protects them and keeps them safe, Lord. And I give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we're so grateful for those of you that help with the kids and get them and pick them up and teach them. Amen. It's a blessing. Jesus is in favor of the children. He said, let the children come unto me. Amen. So kids, we're going to dismiss you now to have your class. Have a good class. Enjoy yourselves. Experience the presence of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Has anyone ever been discouraged? Well, tonight, you may not be discouraged, but we're going to give you tools to help someone that is. But, you know, it's good to know how to overcome discouragement. And you have to know that you are blessed by God. Say, I'm blessed. Say, I'm blessed going out, and I'm blessed coming in. Say, the blessing of the Lord makes me rich and adds no sorrow with it. Say, I'm blessed, blessed, blessed. Hallelujah. 
God has destined to bless you since you were born. You were actually born to be blessed. God has thought of you. He has planned your life out for you. And he has great things for you to do, to have, and to possess. And you must know and understand the blessing of the Lord. It is his endowment of power to make you fruitful, multiply, increase, subdue, and dominate. And you have to have faith and confidence in the Lord's blessing. I'm not talking about blessings. I'm talking about the blessing. Blessings are a result of the blessing. With the blessing, you will always reap. No matter what the circumstances are. But the thing of it is, you don't want to faint, quit, give up, or drop out too early. Because all things will work for your good. I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 26. And we're going to hear the story of someone who was blessed and how the enemy wanted to discourage him. You know, if the enemy can discourage you or doubt the blessing, he can dominate you. And in Genesis chapter 26, verse 1, there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the land in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines unto Gerar. Now, Abimelech wasn't his name. It was probably a title like Pharaoh or um, something like that, or, you know, Caesar or something like that. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell you of. Sojourn in this land. I will be with you. I will bless you. For unto you and unto your seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swore unto Abraham your father. I will make your seed to multiply, and the stars of heaven, and will give unto your seed all these countries. Can you imagine God giving countries? Yes. Yes, amen. Amen. And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be uh, blessed. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge. See, in in order to receive the blessing, you got to obey his voice and keep his charge. You got to listen to the voice of God. Okay? And Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Isaac was born to be blessed. He was like you and I. He was a child of promise, and we're children of the promise. We came into God's kingdom because of a promise. God adopted us. And we are sons and daughters of God. Okay? In Genesis 17, 19, it talks about Isaac. 
God said, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son indeed, and you shall name him Isaac or laughter. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. So Isaac was born in a blessed atmosphere. He had the oldest parents in his elementary school. They thought that Isaac was bringing his grandparents, but they were actually his parents. So he was born as a result of someone getting a hold of God's promise. How many know you can bring things to being when you get a hold of God's promises? Even though the circumstances disagree, if God's promises says so, you can bring God's promises to pass. It may not look or feel like things are going your way, but you're blessed, so they are going to go your way. And just hang in there, and they'll turn around. You are too blessed to be stressed. You are blessed so that you can have the best, do the best, be the best. You are blessed to pass every test. Right now, any test that comes to you in life, you've already been given the tools to pass it. The ability. Amen? So Isaac was blessed. Genesis 25, 5, Abraham's servant said that his master was, was very rich and he left everything to Isaac. Isaac didn't have to work. Isaac was an heir. He was the only heir of Abraham. Now, he had a half-brother, right, who gave him hard times, right? You know, the family dynamic was a little bit strange, right? And, uh, but Isaac was born. He was born to be blessed. He had everything that Abraham had. So, but now in Genesis 26, Isaac is having his own encounter with God. He's having his own revelation of God. How many know that you can't? Just ride on someone else's stuff for the rest of your life. Isaac was already rich, but yet God made him richer. Say, God makes me richer. God makes me wealthier. I'm destined to increase. Okay? So... You know, he's, in, he's encountering a famine, and he would have done what his father did. He went down to Egypt, but instead God said, no, just you go where I tell you to go. You got to do what God tells you to do. You got to be where God tells you to be, right? The blessing of God is yours, but it is maintained through obedience to him. Okay? You can cut yourself off from the blessing by disobedience. And so um, Isaac dwelt in Gerar. And uh, then let's go down to verse 12. The Bible says uh, that um, he 
we've been there a while. Okay, we don't know how long. And so Isaac sowed in that land. What, what was the la- that land? It was the land where God told him to be. See, when you sow where God tells you to sow, he'll make it grow. Exponentially, supernaturally, and incredibly. Okay? He sowed in that land. He didn't sow where God didn't tell him to be. He sowed where God told him to be. And received in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The, The blessing of the Lord designed you to increase. How do you increase with the blessing? You sow. Amen? Say he sowed and he reaped the same year a hundredfold. That's a pretty incredible harvest. In that area, it's, a, it's, it's not too common to do that the first time you sow. Okay? And verse 13. The man waxed great. He went forward and grew until he became very great. Now, that's an incredible statement. Okay? In other words, he, uh, let me read this from a couple different translations. The English Standard Version says, The man became rich, gained more and more until he became very wealthy. Wasn't he already wealthy? But see, when you get a hold of the blessing, it's not based on your past. It's based on revelation knowledge. And God had revealed himself to Isaac. Okay? So the the Berean study Bible says, he became richer and richer until he was exceedingly wealthy. You know, the enemy doesn't want you to exceed. The enemy doesn't want you to increase. And we're going to see how he'll fight that and try to discourage you. The Brenton Septuagint translation. The man was exalted and advancing. He increased till he became very great. Are you seeing yourself becoming great? Come on, you got to see yourself becoming great. What you are right now is not what you will be or what you are becoming. Amen? The Aramaic Bible in plain English says the man became great and he kept on going until he was very great. How many are going to keep on going? No matter what comes your way, you're going to keep on going. No matter what what comes up in front of you, you're going to keep on going. No matter what the enemy tries to do, you're going to keep on going. Why? You're blessed. And because you're blessed, God will get you through. God will put you over. God will cause you to win. So keep on going. Don't give up. Keep pressing in. The International Standard Version. He became very wealthy. He lived a life of wealth, becoming more and more wealthy. There he was, 
a sole believer in the area and he was becoming wealthy, they, they were seeing the harvest that he reaped. They were seeing the increase that was coming. They were seeing the multiplication that was happening right before their eyes. And then the literal standard version says the man is great and goes on going on and becoming great until he has been very great. Don't stop until you're very great. Amen? Don't stop pursuing your dream. Don't stop pressing in to what God has for you. Don't stop reaching for your destiny. Yes, the enemy will attempt to discourage you along the way, but you're too blessed to be discouraged. Go after God with all your heart, all your heart, soul, and strength. Keep learning. Keep worshiping. Keep studying. Keep living by faith. Keep walking with God in his love and in his lights. Keep sowing. Don't quit. Don't give up. Isaac was an heir of Abraham, and we're heirs of Jesus. The Bible says we're joint heirs. Amen? Jesus gave us everything he had. He left, that, he left, us, he left it to us in his will. His will and testament. Okay? And... Look at verse 14. This is, this is describing his riches. Oh, well, you're just rich if you know Jesus. No, it has to do with money too. Money's a part of it, right? For he had possession. Guess what? We need to, we need to take the place of ownership. We need to take some possession of things. Let's possess the blessing first. And then whatever the blessing brings you, you possess it. He had possession of flocks, herds, and a great store of servants. How many would like a great store of servants? Abraham had 318 servants that were born in his house. What kind of house would hold 318 people? Come on. Okay. Now, because he had these possessions, look at what the end of verse 14 says. The Philistines envied him. The Philistine is a type of the world. All right? They envied him because of his wealth, because of his increase, because of his possessions. Okay? It's okay if the world envies you. Okay? When you're envious of someone, you don't want them to succeed. Envy is not a good quality, by the way. So the enemy wanted to disrupt his prosperity. He wants you broke, impoverished, down and out. He, and he'll do that by disrupting the supply chain. Uh-oh. Hmm, I wonder who's working today, disrupting the supply chain. 
How many know that if the supply chain is disrupted, God's got other ways of getting stuff to you? We are living in a day when the world needs to see the blessing in action. It needs to see the blessing on us. It needs to see the blessing produce increase. I'm telling you, the blessing does it. It's not done through hard work or toil or brain power. It's done through the blessing. So, the enemy envied. You know, that's what he does. He would really like to be like you, but he can't. He's the only one that got kicked out of heaven along with his angels that followed him. Amen? And so, here Isaac was. He's just prospering, right? And the, and the Philistines are envying him. And uh, verse 15, okay, he said, uh, for all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. And Abimelech said unto Isaac, go from us, you are much mightier than us. Than we. Any besides, he was in you is greater than he was in the world. Amen. He who was in you was already mightier than the world. Amen. So what did the Philistines do? They saw all this wealth, all this prosperity, all this goodness. They were able to witness it, just like Pharaoh witnessed it with Joseph, just like the king witnessed it with Esther, just like Boaz witnessed it with Ruth. Right? See. Ruth sowed by gleaning a field, and she sowed by obeying Naomi. That was her seed, and her seed brought a harvest, a Boaz. Ladies, you want to get a Boaz? Sow and glean, right? And you'll run into him. Now, you want to avoid brocas and all that... So they stopped up the wells. Now, if you've got a lot, of, a lot of cows, a lot of sheep, and a lot of goats, and a lot of camels, and a lot of donkeys, and all that stuff, they're going to need some water. So the enemy thought that he could disrupt the prosperity by throwing dirt in your well. You know, in the Bible, there's a lot of controversy over water. When, when, when Moses led the people through the wilderness, there was always conflict about water. There wasn't enough, there was a lack of it, and they complained and murmured anyway. So how to turn discouragement into encouragement? All you got to do is change some letters. Do you realize to turn your discouragement into encouragement is just putting something different in front of you? Put something different in front. Change what you're looking at. Change what you're talking about. Change what you're thinking about. Okay? Disbelief and doubt discourages. In Numbers 20, 12, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you have not believed me, 
or treat me as holy in the sight of the sons of Israel, you therefore shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. They, they had an inability or a refusal to accept that something is true or real. It's when they struck the rock, when Moses struck the rock versus speaking to the rock. He was disqualified. Right? So doubt and unbelief will discourage you, whereas faith will encourage you. Okay? And uh, go with me to Galatians chapter 6. One thing that we're going to learn about Isaac was whenever he encountered the enemy trying to discourage him, he just kept on digging. Say he kept on digging. When one well was covered up, he dug another one. If they covered that one up, he dug another one. If they covered that one up, he dug another one until they wouldn't cover any more up. How many know? Look at your neighbor and say, keep digging. Keep pursuing God. Keep going after God. You got to keep digging. You got to keep moving on. You got to keep praising God. You got to keep attending church. You got to keep in the word. Amen. You got to keep going. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Now we've all been here. A place called weary. Not worry, weary. Did you know when weariness walks in, faith walks out? Never make a major decision when you're, wor- when you're weary. Because you won't make the right one. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing. Huh, there's that word well. <laughs> Amen? What is well-doing? It's anything that God is involved in. God is good, and anything that God is involved in is good. Amen? And when you're doing something good, you're doing something for God. Don't be weary in, do, in, in, in what you do for God. Don't be weary in well-doing. Why? For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Because you are blessed, you are always appointed to have a due season. If things aren't going the way you think that they should, a due season is coming. All you got to do is hang in there. All you got to do is not quit. All you got to do is keep going forward, keep moving on, keep believing, keep living by faith. Amen? If you, he said... Let us not be weary in well-doing. That's a choice. That's a decision. What, what should I do if I'm weary? Rest. Jesus said, all those who are heavy, laid with burden, he said, come to me and what? You'll find rest. Sometimes just taking some time to rest will help you avoid, avoid discouragement. Jesus slept on a boat. And the way the Bible records it, he doesn't. He, he didn't seem like he was too happy when he woke when he was woke up. Well, I mean, if you got to wake up from a sound sleep and take care of a storm, when they could have taken care of it, yeah, that'd tick you off a little bit. Amen. Come on. 
Let us not be weary. Let me read it from the Amplified. Let us not grow weary. How do things grow? It comes with a seed. What's the seed of weariness? Your words. Describing your natural limitations. I'm so this. I'm so that. I'm so this. Don't grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap. Say, I am scheduled for a reaping. Amen. Why? Because you're blessed. God put his seed in you. And his seed in you is growing. It's increasing. It's expanding. But the key is, don't grow weary. All right? Then it says, if we do not give in. Verse 10, so then while we as individual believers have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being. A good, doing something good is promoting people's spiritual well-being. Okay? And especially be a blessing to those of the household of faith or born-again believers. Weariness and discouragement is a tool of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy from you. See, discouragement is designed to frighten you. Because if he can get you into fear, you're not in faith. And if you're not in faith, you can't whoop his little behind. That's what Nehemiah, Sanballat, Tobiah, and the Samaritan, they were trying to discourage Nehemiah from building the wall. They were trying to pressure him and intimidate him so that the wall wouldn't get built. See, the Bible says that they wanted to frighten us thinking they will become discouraged and the work will not be done. But you got to go to God. Go to Psalm 62. Psalm 62. Oh, this is powerful right here. If you feel cares start coming up, you got to release some of those cares. Come on. Guess what? In life, there's going to be cares. But you got to cast your cares unto Jesus. You got to watch your care meter. You don't want it to redline. Right? You know what that means? You don't want to be overloaded with cares. Why do you think Jesus said, I care for you, so cast your cares unto me? Why do you think he said that? Because we weren't designed to carry care. And yet, all the time, we tell people, be careful. No, I'm not. I'll be careless. <laughs> not full, less. I'm not, I'm not filling up with care. Say, I'm not, I'm not. filling up with care. Oh, I'm lessening my care. How do I do that? I cast my cares unto him. Why? Because he cares for me. I heard uh, a minister one time say, 
He got a television bill in the mail. You know, he's got a TV ministry. And he said, Jesus, you got mail. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Why? If God told you to do something, he'll supply. You don't have to beg. You know, I find it interesting. Over the years, I have heard ministers who are on radio and TV come against prosperity, but then they want people to give to their ministry. Thinking, there's something wrong with that. Amen? All right, Psalm 62 and verse 5. My soul, wait thou only upon God. What happens when you wait on God? You renew your what? Would renewing your strength make you not as weary as you were before? What happened to you? I got my strength renewed. Amen? How did you do that? I just waited on the Lord. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? To actively serve him. To get into his presence. To be ready. Right? You don't want to be discouraged? Then wait on God. My soul... See, if you're going to get discouraged, it's going to be in your soul and your body. Right? It's going to affect your mind first and your body second. My soul, wait only upon God, for my expectation is from him. Oh, my goodness. Verse 6. He only is my rock. You can't have two rocks. If you're trying to stand on two rocks, you're double-minded. There's only one rock. He's the rock that's higher than I. He's the rock of my salvation. God rocks. Amen? He he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. When, When you got all kinds of things coming at you, you have a defense. You have the number one best defensive tool called the shield of God, the armor of God, the Holy Ghost, the anointing, the bloodline. The enemy can't cross the bloodline. Death could not enter a house on which the blood was applied. Could not. Say, God's my defense. I shall not be moved. To avoid discouragement, you are not moving. You are standing strong and standing long. You got to stand against discouragement. All right? Verse 7 In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Too many people hide in cares. They worry about them instead of hiding in God and having faith about them. You're hiding in the wrong thing. You've got to hide yourself in God. Amen? He's my refuge. A refuge is a safe place, a secure place. The enemy has no access to the refuge he has no, uh, no entranceway to the refuge. Amen. You've got a secret place that you can go to where he can't. Amen. It's under the shadow of the Almighty. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you're feeling discouragement come against you, go to him. Verse 8. Trust in him when? At all times. But I don't feel like it. Get over it. It's too hard. Trust him. It's too long. Trust him. They're too big. Trust him. It's so impossible. Trust him. At all times. Let me say at all times. When you don't feel like it, when you do feel like it, when things are good, when things are bad, you trust him. That's the only way he's going to make it work for you. You people... Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Pause and think about that. Amen? So you can fight discouragement through divine rest. You can fight discouragement by going to God. See, discouragement diminishes your motivation. When you're discouraged, you don't feel like doing what you should be doing. But notice, 2 Corinthians 4.1. Since therefore, 2 Corinthians 4.1, since therefore we have this ministry, just as we have received mercy. How many of us have received mercy? Okay. We've received mercy from God, granting us salvation, opportunities, and blessings. We do not get discouraged nor lose our motivation. Why? I'm trusting in God. When you're in God, you're always up. Even if your Lazarus been dead for four days, you're up. Why? God can turn any situation around. Say, my God can turn any situation around. When the enemy thinks he has you, that's when he realizes how much he just lost. The enemy thought that they had Jesus. I mean, he nailed them to the cross. He buried them in the grave. And the devil's like, we beat him, we beat him. And then he heard the countdown. What's that? Oh, my goodness. If they knew that God was going to raise Jesus from the dead, the Bible said they would have never crucified him. But the enemy had no clue. If God can resurrect someone, he can turn anything around. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to 2 Corinthians 4.13. 2 Corinthians 4.13. Yet we have the same spirit of faith as he had. Say, I have the same spirit of faith. That Jesus had. had. Amen. You got the same faith. It can do the same things. Who wrote in scripture, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also what? Raise us up also. You are blessed. That means if you're down, you have a resurrection coming. If you're overwhelmed, you have a rescue resurrection coming. 
God will not let the waters overwhelm you. He won't let you be burned from the fire. He is with you. When he is with you, you can face anything and come through it and overcome it and win. Hallelujah. So we got to know that there's a resurrection coming. We, gotta, we have to know that Jesus will raise us up. He's a better raiser than Schick or Gillette. God specializes in those are razors, by the way. Right? God specializes in raising things. Oh, my goodness. He is the yeast to every loaf of bread. He'll make the flattest bread rise to the occasion. See, discouragement comes from a lack of satisfaction and discontent. And it causes grumbling, which causes discouragement. When they didn't have water in Moses, they, they, were, they were discontented and they began to murmur and grumble against Moses. They were discouraged. And what did Moses do? He, Moses went to God. He said, someone's got to be encouraging it around this place. And who, which situation won? The discontent or the encouragement that came from God? The encouragement that came from God changed the entire atmosphere of the situation. Every, you don't even have to be in a group where everybody goes to God. You could be just the one person that goes to God and change the atmosphere. Amen? So, discouragement comes from rebellion, murmuring, and negative speaking. Discouragement comes from focusing on a bad report and doubt and unbelief. That's only going to bring you down. Okay? Discouragement comes from impatience. Uh-oh. Oh. Now we're going against the fruit of the Spirit. The devil will be glad to help you become impatient. Because if you become impatient, he wins. But if you're patient, you outlast him. Amen? Discouragement comes when you oppose authority and you belittle God's provision. Or you disobey God and you transgress the, the covenant. But let me, give you, let me just finish by giving you something encouraging. To, to be encouraged means strength comes to your hand. So God wants to give you a helping hand. You know Hamburger Helper, you ever see that commercial? It's got the, 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 the glove, right, with the face on it. He wants to help you make a meal. But God wants to help you get delivered. He wants to help you get healed. He wants to help you get saved. He wants to help you overcome. He wants to help you win. He wants to help you prosper. So let's get encouraged. Hallelujah. I just want to look at three scriptures. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let's go there. Just three scriptures and then I'm done. And we're going to turn discouragement around. Are you with me? Yes. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. 
Verse 16. Now, everybody say right now. Right now you can be encouraged. Right now you can kick discouragement to the curb. Right now you can lift that burden. Right now. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, which has loved us and has given us everlasting consolation, everlasting encouragement. He is constantly encouraging you. He is constantly cheering you. He is constantly for you. If God be for you, who can be against you? No one. He gives you everlasting encouragement and good hope through grace. Oh, my goodness. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work. Right now, I want you to say, Father... I receive your everlasting encouragement. I'm encouraged in you. Yes, I can. Yes, I will. Hallelujah. Shout about that. Glory to God. All right, let's go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Glory to God. The atmosphere is changing in this place right now. Romans 15, 4. For whatsoever things were written. Do you have a book that has some things written in it? Everything in that book is true. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. See, I can learn from the Bible. That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. If discouragement comes, attack it with the word. Say, it is written, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Isn't that how Jesus defeated the enemy? It is written, it is also written. All right, verse 5. Now the God of patience and consolation or encouragement grant you. Oh, I'm telling you, there's been some grants given tonight. There's been some endowments given tonight. You didn't even have to apply. You just showed up and received them. Grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God. To kick discouragements, you know what? Start glorifying God. Start praising him and discouragement will flee. That you might with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, and um, let's go to Hebrews 13, final scripture. Hebrews 13. Hallelujah. Whoo! We're going to learn some more about Isaac next week. We're going to learn how to dig wells and let fresh water flow. Amen. We got to learn how to dig some wells. See, sometimes the move of God is not a drive-through. Sometimes you got to linger a little bit. You know, Joshua knew what it was like to linger. Moses would get done ministering to the people in a day, right? 
and he would leave his tent. But Joshua, he'd still be, he'd stay by the tent. Why? He was lingering in the presence of God. Amen? He would linger, and that's where he learned God's secrets. That's where he learned what, what God had for him, and that's when he became the next leader that God chose. You know, God chose someone who lingered in his presence. Amen? All right, Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness, or your character, your moral essence, and be content with such things as you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now that's encouraging. Say, God's with me. He hasn't left me. He hasn't abandoned me. Hallelujah. He's right here with you. Where was he in the fire? He was in the fire, right? He didn't leave him. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I'm telling you what, when you stand up against something that's wrong, don't fear what man can do for you because God will back you up. God will be there right with you to help you and to cause you to overcome. Because with God, you're a majority. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We got to boldly say. He said boldly say. We got to boldly say. Say this. Say there's no problem that will overtake me. I don't care if it comes by surprise or if I didn't expect it. I've got the means to solve it. I've got the means to overcome it. Hallelujah. I'm going over. I'm coming up. Hallelujah. Maybe God will give you a help up. He'll give you a fix up. He'll give you a tune up. Amen. All we got to do is look up. Amen. Hallelujah. He'll lift you up. He's the glory and the lifter of your head. Amen. If you need a lift up, if you need a fix up, if you need a help up, if you need a tune up, he's here. He's ready. Amen. Because we're not going to be discouraged. We don't play that game. If the enemy tries to discourage you, you just laugh. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Why? Because we, we, we're not going to be discouraged. We have a constant encourager in the Holy Ghost. Do you know that the Holy Ghost always magnifies Jesus? So he always talks victory. He always talks championship. He always talks winning. He always magnifies Jesus. He never goes against Jesus. Amen? We got an encourager. We got the greater one on the inside of us, the Holy Ghost. Amen. We got the fire in our bones. You got some fire in your bones. Amen. You got joy in your heart, joy in your soul. Amen. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. The joy, Nehemiah found joy, in, he found strength in joy, which caused him to overcome all the pressure, all the intimidation, and in 52 days they built that wall. 52 days. Amen. Say, I'm done with discouragement. 
Say discouragement. You're out of my life. I sever you from me. I'm walking in the encouragement of God. I'm a can-do Christian. Miracles come in cans. They don't come in cans. They come in cans. Tonight we've opened up some cans of miracles. Amen? And if you need anything from God tonight, I want you to stand to your feet right now. If you need anything from God tonight, I want you to come up front right now. You're coming as a blessed person. Amen? It was the blessing of God that caused Isaac to overcome everything the enemy threw at him. I mean, the enemy tried this and tried that, was unsuccessful here, was unsuccessful there, and at the end, Isaac won. And you know what? They said that, Abimelech said, they recognized, they came to make an oath with Isaac, and they said, we see that the Lord has blessed you. 